0: Welcome to another installment of New Books in Poetry's month long celebration of the chapbook, Palooza. I am your host, Jen Fitzgerald. Hope Wabuki is an essayist, poet, and writer. She is a contributing editor for The Root and a contributing writer for Kirkus Reviews. <clears throat> Her work has also been published in Guernica, Dame Magazine, The Daily Beast, Salon, Gawker, Ozzy, Miss Magazine Online, The North American Review. Salamander Magazine, Fjords Literary Magazine, Ruminate Magazine, non Non-binary, Nonbinary Review, Lit Hub, Literary Mama, and others. She's the author of the chapbook, Movement Number 1, Trains, and a finalist for the 2015 Brunel University African Poetry Prize. Welcome, Hope. Thank you, Jen. I'm delighted to be here. I think the best way to start this talk is for you to choose any three consecutive pieces from the collection and read them together. They are all so beautiful and fragmented that any grouping would be the catalyst for great conversation.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Um, I love beginnings and I love endings, so it's a tough choice to uh,
0: choose, well, how about we read three from the beginning now, and then before we
1: end, we'll read three from the end. That sounds great. I'll just read the first three uh, three short ones. Okay. And when she waits, knowing it's coming by the movement of light across rusted metal, the dirty white tiles of tunnel wall, almost beautiful in the light sliding closer through darkness, approaching rumble and tearing, metal wheel against track, Gears shifting, halt. In the loud echo still, vibrations pulsing. The only thing she imagines the sound she hears is breathing. On a clear day, rain and tiny water bodies dropping down to meet larger water body, pulled wide and deep underneath silver bridge struts. This is when she looks up, raising hands to sky, and seeing blue shift slow to gray, She will remember how, when he first came here, he would hold the metal pole. She would hold his arm. Faces pressed against the window. They would wonder at the fall of water, the rising of the sudden changing. Sometimes, when she sits on the red plastic chair that is one among many alternating rows of yellow and red seats bolted to the inside walls of the train, she is not used to so much space below her. The lack of chair legs to support her weight. Her own legs she folds underneath her body, shifting slightly against molded plastic shape that does not fit her form.
0: Thank you. So I know that this collection is a um, or it came from a large poem that was broken down. Am I correct? Yes. So when divided up, they feel almost like meditations. How did you choose the prose poem form for the pieces? Uh, it's interesting
1: you mentioned meditations because that's really exactly what they are. And it's, uh, uh, you're such an excellent reader to pick that up right away. I wrote uh, this piece when I was living in New York City and riding the subway, you know, every day. And you get into a rhythm of the city riding the train, dancing around the people. There's music all over the streets with the musicians. It's really. New York City has its own special rhythm and I began to think of this city as a symphony as I would walk around and just within all this music of the city and I would go to the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, and stare at Monet's Water Lilies and think and write and gradually this piece came into being and it wasn't... It didn't feel like it wanted line breaks because I really didn't think of it as strictly a poem. I thought of it as I was writing a symphony of New York, uh, a record in three parts. And so the first part is the movement, Movement number 1, Trains, and it's all about the train. And then the second part, which is not in the chapbook, is about construct the buildings, and what it's like to be within those tall buildings in New York. And the third part, titled Repeat, which is also not a part of the chapbook, is a combination of both of those things uh, and building off of those into a larger piece. So together combined, all three movements make up a larger work called The Autobiography of Blue, mm-hmm. um, which is a larger work which explores... Love and loss and longing and kind of blue is that idea of of nostalgia, of mm. this liminal space, of living but also remembering everything that has been lived to get you to this point, which is both happy and sad, that bittersweet idea that to me was encapsulated in the word blue. And that all began with the train, uh, with movement number one trains, which Dancing Girl Press has published here as a standalone chapbook. Hmm.
0: Um, I think it's interesting that the three separate parts are all focused outward. When I noticed um, an alternating landscape between the inner and the outer world, or the train and the mind, Um, but also they both return to the idea of the beloved, um, Mm -hmm. which is you know the blanket for the, the person who's there that you wish were there. Um, so is this outside figure central in the collection?
1: Exactly. The central conflict, the central story is these two figures, the young girl or young woman, I should say, riding the train, walking through the buildings, and then being in the city, remembering this lover who is gone. And time blurs so that the way the the short meditations are structured Um, It's not always in the past tense. You see them together. You see her remembering um, the past as she rides the train and she walks through the buildings. And it's definitely that juxtaposition of the interior world. where the young woman is remembering love, remembering this uh, this lover, and experiencing that so vividly and intensely, juxtaposed with the natural world around her, which is the train and the building and the city, and I really uh, love the ability to of words to have the natural world reflect the interior world of the character. And so that was definitely a very, um, a very deliberate choice to have this interior world, this interior love story, and to have the emotions of that love story reflected in the outside world. Um, I started with the train as the first movement because oftentimes that's what love is. You feel like you're going back and forth between where you are now in this memory and you want to leave the memory, but... You're always drawn back into the memory, like you're riding a train, and so that's why that was there when it, when the love story is still very light that she's remembering. And then when you get into the second part, the construct with the buildings dwarfing them, and that's when you see the relationship breaking apart. And that's the the part of the Autobiography of Blue where it really is the the darkest. And then the third one, the repeat, is where you get both elements um melded together, which is perhaps the most realistic view of love. It's not all um the rose tinted glasses of happiness. It's not all the darkness of the breakup, but it's uh it's everything put together. mm mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Um I do think that it adds a, a layer of dimension that um allows a reader to return to the pieces quite a few times and find something new. Oh thank you very much. You're welcome. So um, I hate to uh, to see you leave, but this we have a much shorter format for the chat book, so let's hear those last three poems, please. Wow, oh, thank you. Um,
1: so we have here the last three meditations, and she's the main character has been walking through the city, riding the train, remembering this lover and. And the memories of him tie in with her experience of the city, of riding the train. And so uh, here she is coming out of that experience. Yet lately, she is leaving her headphones inside her bag. She is not dancing. In the staring out of windows, she has grown tired of the rise and fall of breathing. She wants to place herself at the center and see everything still. Sometimes in the fall of rain, the city is a solid charcoal mass of ink, winter blue wild sky, yellow moon reflected onto silver lines she rides. She has trouble with transitions then, the separations in two. She would think, us, I, you. She would think, molecule, atom, particle. She remembers the many ways of ending the many tiny cuts before the separation hole. Or she would fall, suspended in watercolors, and rest there, growing cold and faded as the color from the city slid into the dark water to drown, pushing backward to form, to dark and light shapes, silent against the sky. And in the pulsing fall of light dragged through water, rippled dark as after sex shadows spreading between two bodies— As thunder follows, she knows she should be scared high above, fenced in by repeating triangles of iron. So she presses her face to cold window, trying to find the separation of water moving through sky and landing. The mark of impact eddying out in tiny ripples erased in the returning of water to form. Until water, feeling the weight of something else, spreads soft open, slightly, slowly, again. Thank you so much,
0: Hope. Thank you, Jen. It's really great to to get to spend
1: this time with you and to talk about your work, and I look forward to the collection as a whole. Thank you so much, uh, not just for your astute questions and readership, but for everything you do for literary community. Oh, thank you.
0: This is Jen Fitzgerald with New Books and Poetry, reminding you to support all the arts, but especially poetry.